Welcome to the Pokemon Raceway Podcast. This is your host, Kevin, along with, to my left, JJ, and to your left, Kevin, hey, 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 Check, hey, <laughs> what are you guys, a little tired after race week? I still haven't bounced back, man. No? I'm struggling. I no. went to another race last night, so I'm a little tired from that. I heard. Yeah. We're actually recording this podcast the day it's going out, which yeah. is the first time we've ever done that. Crazy. Um, it is Thursday. July 31st, is it? Or is it August no, 1st? Oh, August man. 1st, man. You know, <laughs> out with July, in with August. Peace out, August, or July. <laughs> well, oh, hey, you know what? We're tired, but you know what? We had a heck of a race weekend. Yeah. Um, we uh, did a lot. I think we did over probably close to 70 events. Plus, plus. Yeah, plus, plus. Um, we had a lot of people here. That was, uh, as Dave Moody said, on the way to his uh, MRN call, the race deal that we did with fans. It was the greatest infield crowd he's seen a poker raceway in a decade. Yeah, well, it was. Be sure of that, because, I mean, they were piling in here starting Thursday oh, morning. Man. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of people here. Um, the, actually, the last time we taped the podcast was pretty much when people were piling were in. So, yeah. um, it's been a heck of a weekend, the Gander RV 400. Um, little drama at the end of the race. Uh Pitch strategy, there was passing. PJ1 worked. PJ1 was great. Um, we had Denny Hamlin come back to victory lane, uh, now tied with, I believe, Mr. Bill Elliott, and yep. I can't remember one other driver for uh, a total of four wins here. Five wins. Five, five, wins. Wins. five, five wins. wins. Five wins. You're, you're one number off everything today, it seems yeah, like. Man. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he, you know, who Denny's one number off uh the record. All time, Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. So next year, he can not only tie Jeff Gordon's record in the doubleheader weekend, but he can also break it. But you know what? If he ties it, he's going to have to work really hard to break it because he's going to start at the back of yep. the lead lap lead cars. Lead cars yeah. 2020. Let's get into that real quick. Um, so big announcement there. NASCAR and uh, Pocono Raceway, as well as all the other people that are involved in the process that it takes to put on a schedule, which... I learned um, over the course of the weekend is way more than I thought. <laughs> every, so, every stakeholder. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so they're working towards uh, getting both races to be 350 miles. Sunday is locked in for a 350-mile cup mm-hmm. race. So we'll go through the schedule real quick. Thursday is going to be ARCA only. Practices qualifying and a 200-mile ARCA race, which is going to be, guess what, the general tire hashtag anywhere as possible, 200, which is great. $10 for that whole day. 10 bucks. Yeah. Friday we have cup cars. Um, the truck series is on track. Um, Xfinity series is going to park, but then also on top of the practice sessions with those two series, back-to-back qualifying sessions, mm-hmm. impound single car runs for the cup series, which sets the field for race number one, AKA Saturday. Mm-hmm. How much is that ticket? JJ? That is a $10 ticket. Okay, cool. Then for Saturday, Xfinity series is on track right in the morning. Yep. Followed by the trucks which is going to be a 200-miler truck series race, mm-hmm. right? Am I right on that? Yep, yep, you're added, right. Added 50 miles from 50 the miles uh, previous 150. Which is cool. Um, so I have no idea what the stage breaks are going to be. We haven't talked about that right. yet. And then possibly a 350-miler. Nick is pushing pretty hard for 350 miles. Just a bunch of stuff needs to fall into place. Yeah. But Come two on. races, price of one. How much are tickets? Oh, yeah, the same as 2019. Yeah, yeah so they started $45. And hey, guess what? 
kids are also going to be free. <laughs> His hand was over to Mike. Just like I can't hear you. I'm not going to edit that. That's not going to be good. So <laughs> don't don't cover the mic. Let me just repeat that. Then ticket prices don't change. They're forty five dollars starting out, and kids twelve and under are free. And then on hey, Sunday, same thing for camping, right? Yeah, camping, camping prices impressive. don't go up either. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole ton of a bunch of new spots that are going to be added. Yes, there are in turn one, all in turn one. Pretty much, there's camping spots everywhere now. Well, wait, what happens on Sunday then? On Sunday, we're going to have Xfinity Series qualifying. Then like an hour later, there's going to be an Xfinity Series 225 miler. Now, we know that's kind of slivered down a little bit, but I also think, heck, man, that race was always great. Yeah. So cutting off Pressure's 25 long, miles is not really long. that big of a deal. But then you also get the added value of, oh, yeah, a couple hours later, green flag, cup race number two with... Inversion. Inverted field. So the way this is going to work is Sunday morning, inverted field is going to be the any lead lap car from race number one. So is there going to be strategy? Are people going to hold back just to get that pole? Um, probably anywhere between 28 and 31 cars is going to be the estimated thing that they've looked at that are going to be completely inverted. So, for example, Denny Hamlin goes wins the race. Denny Hamlin starting 28th or 30th. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and twenty thirty starting first. And we were listening to that door, door bumper clear who did a live set um, on this weekend, and they were talking about how wild that's going to be because you know it's hard to lap a lot of cars here. It's such a big track, but that leader is going to be pushing and pushing and pushing to try to lap as many, so he starts as far forward as he can in the next race. And those guys that are trying to stay on the lead lap are going to race that leader even harder, so that that last car is now starting on the on the pole for Sunday. It's going to be. Absolutely crazy to watch. Well, speaking and, of someone who – go ahead, Kevin. No, I just – I was going to read her. I don't think there's going to be many games or anything like that either because I'm pretty sure NASCAR still has that rule where you got you got to give 100%, man. You can't mm-hmm. just, you know, I, th- I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's going to sandbag. I think it's going to be no. pretty – but you're watch, no. You're also going to see, like you, you get said – They're, they're going to race harder. They're yeah. gonna have, everybody has to race harder. The guys that are going to be lapped towards the end of that race, if it's going green, are going to push as hard as they can because right. that means they start in the pole as long as they don't get past. Yeah, they're not giving that leader any slack, which could cause oh, the yeah. second-place car to point. catch up, and, and, it could, and it's a whole thing. Do you want to um, dial up point. today's guest, who was our guest this past weekend? Yeah. He's from uh, NBC's New Amsterdam. His name is Tyler Labine. Kevin now is now a fan of the show a as fan. a result. Me and, me and my girlfriend just watched it the, after the weekend. We watched it for the first time the other night, and I, within one episode, I was like, well, I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. Now we got to get JJ on the bandwagon. Speaking of hooked, all I watched all week was Shark Week. So, <laughs> All right, calling <laughs> up Tyler. Here we go. <laughs> Tyler Labine, this is Kevin Heaney from Pocono Raceway. What's happening? How you doing? Oh, man, we're live. We we didn't even, like, normally we call up and we're like, oh, fans, hold on a second. We'll get Tyler on the phone. We're recording right away. Right hey, away. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm How- just recovering from a crazy day on set yesterday. We had, like, a, like, the hottest day ever. And then out of the blue, the sky opened up and just jumped on everybody and changed the whole day. And we were running around trying to, like, do rain cover and change the scenes we were shooting and it was a crazy day crazy day speaking of crazy days how is sunday for you you are our uh, official pace vehicle driver truck vehicle driver of the gander rv 400 man that was exciting it was unreal man i i want to be totally blunt i didn't i didn't anticipate enjoying it nearly as much as i did i'm not saying that i was like uh whatever I came into it pretty like, you know, my, my expectations were pretty, uh, they were pretty 
I don't want to say they were curved, but they were just, they were what they were. And then I came into it and I started the training and I kind of was like, oh man, I'm freaking out a little bit. I don't know why I'm freaking out. And then I did the training and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I got to do the Camaro lap at like 120 miles an hour. And I was like, okay, this is pretty flipping cool. And then the actual race moment was like life highlight reel, man. I'm not exaggerating. Like that moment of like looking in the rearview mirror and seeing how, how many cars are on the track. 30, 30, 38. 38 were on the car, yeah. It's on the track. Yeah, looking back and seeing 38 cars like zigzagging behind me and, and some of them were getting real cheeky and zooming right up on my butt. I'm like it was just it was just rad, man. It was really unlike anything I've ever done. So I, I again I gotta thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. We were we were more than happy to bring you up here. We uh worked with yeah. a couple folks over at NBC and, and we're lucky enough to uh have Jocko up here um for the first race yeah. and he was the grand marshal and and i understand that he was a little upset with the fact that you got to drive the pace car and he didn't <laughs> yeah he was a little jelly he was a little peanut butter and jelly yeah he, uh, he, he couldn't even hide it i know he, he's such a supportive guy he's a lovely fellow but he had a moment of like what come on man um but it was uh it was rad we have a good friendly competition me and that dude you know I'll- we uh, we had some fun with him over the weekend too. Um, you know, we sent him some text messages and and kind of kind of egged him on a little bit to make yeah, him jealous. Man. Yeah. Um, but the other cool part about you being here, um, there's three of us around the table right now. Uh, Kevin and myself, Kevin, and then JJ. Um, Kevin now officially Kevin heavy. It's a Kevin, Kevin dense table. Yep, pretty much. Um, yeah. Kevin now is watching New Amsterdam. Is catching up on the show. Yeah, nice. as a result of you being here, so you've 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 clued him into it, and he is hooked. Yeah, I'm doing my job, man. That's what the whole thing is about. Kevin, have you cried yet? Uh, I, well, not yet, but <laughs> I mean, least, I, I, it least was not, close. At least not over the show, right? It was close. So, no, oh, uh, we'll get you. We'll yeah, get you. It was Monday after the race. I was like, you know what? This guy was a pretty cool guy up here. I I, I had fun, you know, following you around, and I was like, I'm just gonna check it out. So me and my girlfriend turned it on, and then it was we got done the first episode, and we're like. Well, more. let's go number more, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're get, trying it's to get well designed that way. We're trying to get JJ hooked now. We're just got to get him on the bandwagon. Right now, he's into Shark Week pretty hard. I, I'm hitting the Shark oh, Week yeah. really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, maybe after Shark Week, we'll hit him back up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Give the man a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. We got so much you can cram in there. Yeah, we got a little bit of time till season two premieres. So, yeah, I get yeah, yeah, we're cool. All right. Well, and we still I, got I a couple b- more races. I can so. binge pretty hard. Yeah. You, you, you well, I'm glad we, we got, at least we got the Kevins at the table. Yeah, man. We're in. The, We're show, the show skews very well with Kevin. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100% does. Um, so for people who may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself, your career. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to sit down and, and have dinner with you guys um, on Saturday night before race weekend. Fully was yeah, in was full fun. swing. Um, and you, you, you kind of described your childhood and kind of how you got into acting. So why don't you give kind of a just an overarching 30,000-foot view of um, besides what I'm looking at Wikipedia on, uh, who you really right. are and how you got started and how you ended up on New Amsterdam. All right. How much time you got? Uh, as much as you got. <laughs> All right. So um, I am Tyler Sean Levine. Nobody calls me that. Just call me Ty. Okay. We'll and, call you uh, that. Noted. I'm, we'll call you that for the rest of the show, Tyler Sean Levine. TFL. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I come from the Great White North. I am Canadian. Uh, I was born in Toronto, Ontario. And uh, I have two brothers, and we we uh, we're all we're all super goofy kids, and um, 
my dad was the dude on the block that had to have like he was like the first guy with the microwave, first guy with the computer, and uh, first guy with an Atari, and he was the first guy with a home video camera, this big Kyocera monster like VHS. You know, you slap it in the side, and in a way you go sort of a video camera, and he just kind of gave it to us. I don't know why. <laughs> and we just started making videos and movies. We were like scripting them and we were like holding casting calls in our basement with like kids in the neighborhood and <laughs> like creating, creating franchises and like really like putting a lot of work into them. And my mom being uh, the intuitive lady she is was like, Hey, do you guys want to like go get an agent or do this and make some money? And we were like, what? Supportive, supportive mama. Gotta love it. Yeah, no, she was great, man. She was, she definitely just saw that there was some potential there to like, Mind you, at the time, this is, you know, Toronto in 1985 or whatever, or 86. It was not a big, uh, there's not a big scene. It was like we had one TV show called The Beachcombers, and that was it. So it wasn't like there was much work to be had. She thought maybe some commercials or whatever. And it, just, it was all just an attempt to make money for college. That was all. That was the goal, always. And uh, we did some stuff, and my little brother kind of blew up and became like a bit of a kid star and did a bunch of huge commercials and did like the first commercial that was a trailer before a TV, uh, before a, a, a film, like a, 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 I just woke up. What's it called? <laughs> What's it called? A, we did too. A, a cinema, a cinema film. Oh, so, so before um, like the movies like starts up? Yeah, it was like this Kellogg commercial with Santa Claus. And it was the first time they put like a, it was like a five minute commercial before a movie, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, enough about him. Back to me. Then we, we sort of like, I, we just kind of did a little bit of stuff. And then we moved to Vancouver in 1991 to BC. And it was just, I think I told you, it was like every show that was sci-fi in any way, shape or form was shooting in Vancouver. It was like X-Files and First Wave and Millennium and all these crazy shows. And, uh, and if you were there and happened to be an actor, you just like, there wasn't that big of a talent pool in Vancouver. It was just like, you were on those shows. I got to like build my resume up and work on all these crazy shows. And, and then I just sort of started uh, working more and more and more. And uh, I used to play the bully all the time. I played a real good bully, um, believe it or not. Really? And, then, uh, and then, yeah, I was, I played the bully and so much stuff when I was younger. I played a lot of the guys that were like, yeah, what he said. Yeah, get it, Billy. You know, stuff like that. Uh, I'm having so, flashbacks to my childhood when that happened. I don't know if, yeah. I, I, don't yeah, know if I like you as much anymore. I'm your swirly, Chad. Uh, swirly. <laughs> uh, where's your lunch money, Kevin? Um, <laughs> I'm having nightmares. I'm actually having, <laughs> I'm shaking over here. Take it. It's okay. I'm just acting. I'm that good. Um, so we, uh, and then I got a long story short, even longer. I got a, uh, a TV show in Canada called Breaker High with like me and Ryan Gosling. And, oh, uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Well, he was like 16 and I was 18 and we, we played these very, uh, eerily similar to Chris Farley and David Spade characters named Sean and Jimmy. <laughs> And, uh, Another show know, we got to start watching. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it became this like cult favorite because it's so bad. It's so bad, <laughs> so but like so good and so bad. And like I would say things like, "Oh, that's gonna need some ice," you know, like stuff like that. It was like my catchphrase. And, and uh, anyway, they did that, and then uh, and then I 
around 19, I, I went. Oh, I got an audition for a big WB pilot, which was this network before uh, the CW. It was the WB. Oh yeah. And uh, you're on yeah, Do- like, you're on Dawson's Creek. Uh, no, I was Dawson's Creek adjacent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they, I got this audition for this show called uh, Dead Last, and uh, I went down to LA for it and got it. We shot the pilot in Vancouver, and then it got picked up and then shot in LA. So all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I guess I'm moving to LA. And that was that, man. And I just stayed. And it was actually with the dudes that wrote um, Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity and those movies. Sure. And uh, yeah, they, they created this show. And they and then after the show didn't work out, like we did 13 episodes of it, they sort of just kept developing shows for me and signing me at different networks. So I went from like uh, the WB to ABC to NBC with them. We just kept kind of bouncing around and it kind of just kept me in LA. And and employed, so I didn't mind. Well, now and now you now you let on, and uh, um, you told me a, a a funny story about uh, Super Troopers um, two that you you were on, and I'm not sure if the boys knew that or not, but you were in Super Troopers two. You've got my attention. Yeah, JJ, JJ, yeah. immediately like what? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, did, have you seen the movie? I haven't yet, actually. Which is oh, I got oh, a yeah, DVD weird. copy. Yeah, of yeah it. I'm, I'm waiting for you to give me the DVD. But... I got it. I got yeah, it. I'll if, give it to you. If uh, if you like uh, the first one, you'll definitely like the second one. They did, it's like one of the better sequels I've ever seen. I think it was great. You were a Mountie, right? I played a French Canadian Mountie. Yeah, <laughs> and Belfi, Belfi. Belfi. What was that? Belfi. That's my character's name. It's, it's almost impossible to pronounce unless you're French Canadian. So don't even try. I was <laughs> looking at. it. I was like. Bella, Bella, yeah, no, I'm Bella, glad. Well, yeah, let's say Bella Wheel, Bella Wheel. Well, I, I couldn't figure it out. And then the other thing oh, yeah. that was interesting you told me is that um, uh, this is immediately where the conversation became great for me is all the all the wonderful stuff you told me about hip hop and and your love of of hip hop and and yeah. what is the new generation. And I have been listening to Run the Jewels nonstop since you told oh, me about it. Stuff, right? It's unbelievable. So tell us a little about what you do, man. You're, I know you sell beats. You're a producer. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty incredible. So, your, your career is in, in unbelievable, and I don't think a lot of people realize it. Uh, thanks, man. Um, you know, I it's a, it's a thing that I've been doing since I was like 15 or 16, growing up in this little, you know, rural Canadian town. Me and my buddies were just like really into hip-hop, and we started a group. And we would just like be, be like, I can beatbox. I used to compete in beatbox competitions and whatnot. Go. And I'm, a, Go. I'm a drummer. And, and we would just sit in the garage, just <laughs> like rapping for hours and hours. We were called the Redneck Posse. It was ridiculous. Ah. And, uh, yeah. You fit yeah. in well here. We have a few of those around here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we, have, we got Canadian rednecks. We got some rednecks up there in, in the Great White North. Um, and we love and, them. Uh, we love them. Yeah. We, by the way, my kin. My kin. Um, and then uh, I kind of like, by the time I moved out and had had my breaker high fame, um, I had a little bit of money and I was like, you know, you can't just have uh, like drums in an apartment. Obviously people don't like that. So I started messing around and buying like uh, drum machines and an, like an electric drum kit, which is also very loud by the way. But I, I got the, the drum machines and sequencers and samplers, like very early ones. Um, and I started kind of realizing that, like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. It's like, I just need to get, like, a computer, and I can have, like, a, a very crude version of a home studio back in, like, 1998. And uh, I did. 
I got a really early version of a home studio with like when things were very difficult. Things are much easier now. You can buy all these crazy, you know, machines that are fake. All the sounds come with them. But this is back when your machine, you literally just had to sit there with a record for like three days, pulling each drum sound off of a record and then like sampling it and compressing that and then, uh, you know, putting it into a zip file and then recompressing it and sticking it into your your pads and like I know this all sounds like Greek, but believe me, it was not fun. <laughs> but I did that for years and years and years, and and the I just I kind of paid my dues. So when I tell people I'm a producer, and they go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm like, no man, I've been doing it for like 15 years. I've been I've been producing music solidly for about 15 years, and so now I have a studio in LA and I have a studio in uh, New York here, a little micro one in my apartment, and yeah, I make I make beats. So I'm gonna do it today actually. I make lots of beats and I sell beats and I I rap still. I have a mic set up here and everything. And uh, I also create like indie R and B kind of stuff and electro indie R and B. It's a huge part of my life, man. I can't I can't deny it. If I don't have this creative outlet, I go insane. I'll start murdering people. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but I will be upset. I will be very upset. I don't murder. I don't murder. You murder the microphone right. with your sick beats. We get it. So you make the beats, and I don't know if you're aware or not, but there's a Kevin on this podcast hey, oh. whose nickname may or may not be the redheaded rapper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, I know all about this. This is how the conversation sort of uh, – Okay. The genesis of the whole – of the whole super group, as it were, because we are forming a group, me and the redheaded rapper. Mm -hmm. um, Perfect. And it, and it will be super. Um, is that <laughs> uh, it was a deal for me that this guy can throw down some young MC on the mic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll try to come up with my own rhymes, too. I haven't written anything in a while. Hey, um, you know, you know, we love our friends Porter and Sales, who are the intro and the outro for this. Yes. But th this may be an opportunity for a new season three intro Could you imagine outro. if we do? I'm just saying. Here's, here's the deal. Now, look, I, I had a podcast for uh, about a year and a half with, uh, you know, you guys know Zach Levi, Shazam? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Zach and I are old buddies, and we had a podcast called Picking Favorites on Earwolf. And uh, in the very beginning, they just they were like, uh, the Earwolf, the podcast company, was like, um, okay, here's some approved music you can use for your intro and outro music. And I was like, uh-uh. And I wrote, <laughs> I, wrote, I, wrote, I wrote a beat for it, and it became like this huge part of the show. It was amazing. Like, Kevin, you got, it's the amount of, uh, of joy you will receive from from creating your own intro outro music is uh, is boundless. So you got to do it, man. I'll do it. You got to do it. Yeah, you got to do you. it. I, I'll, I'll send you some. I'll send you some of my throwaway beats. Oh, <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, no problem. Hey, so speaking of your beats, what's like the um, if a person is listening to music nowadays, like what's what's one of the you know the famous ones that people could be like, oh, I can go listen to that on Spotify with so and so artist. Like who's Who's one of the ones, well, the, the most recognized one you got? Yeah, maybe what's one of the, the most recognized ones that you have that you've sold and has actually been used and people can hear it? Oh, man, I haven't sold beats to, like, big artists. I'm not that good. I've sold them to, like, little, like dudes that are, like, messing around on SoundCloud and whatnot, and I don't even know who they are half the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an online transaction for, like, 500 bucks here or there. But the, the most recognizable thing I did was I wrote a song called Trust Her Butt that was in Deadbeat in season two. Uh, and it's, 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 yeah, the Lionsgate and Hulu was like, we need this song. We need this really catchy, bad rap song called Trust Her Butt, which is ridiculous. It was supposed to be like a parody. And uh, I went home. I actually started writing it on the subway on the way to work. Then I worked on it all day on my iMachine app. 
give to the producer and he was like, yep, this is it. And then they bought it from me and put it in the show. So that's probably my most, uh, that's my most heavy rotation. Yeah. My most heavy rotation on that one, yeah. If I know, JJ, I think, is looking it up on his phone right now. It currently. <laughs> and then I also, uh, I, my, my uh, cousin-in-law, if that's a thing, he got me to write the title track for his movie called Sky, Skyquake. So that that worked out pretty well too. I wrote a cool track for that, and that was the the, the credits uh, song and the opening sequence song. All right. Well, I'm gonna look up both those songs as soon as we get done here, and I'm probably gonna listen to them today because um, I got some work to do. But before we let you go, um, Kevin, do you have one more thing before I? No, I just really hope you guys get together and, ma- and make some kind I'm, of music. Dude, I'm like, planning on going to a studio in New York. I. I used to play the drums, you know, and we're talking about drum beats there. You know, uh-huh. I, I wasn't, you know, I played the hardcore, you know, metal music drumming, but I can, I can switch my we style. Can, with, we can add it. We can add the flavor that, to hey, it. That, that slots in well, you know, if you can drum uh, and give me some crazy metal beats, I'll switch, yeah. make a metal oriented hip hop beat. You guys need somebody to play the triangle at the end of this? Yeah, you're in. Yeah, like, you got to always. It's if you, always the thing that's missing from my beat. Like perfect. Button, perfect. I'll be there. Button, first. Button. You got to watch New Amsterdam first, and then okay. you can be in the band. Yes. You, to, you, you can't be in the band until you know. You can't be in the band. Be a huge band. <laughs> um, but going back to your trust your butt. So this, I've been waiting for this, and the, and the boys aren't even aware that we're going to do this. But um, in a quick conversation between, um, no, Kevin, not anything like that. We're not putting on rubber gloves. Uh, but w- <laughs> what we did was we were talking to Ben May, our president, and uh, you want to start up a podcast and uh, you want to talk about um, one thing in particular in your podcast mm-hmm. and you want to talk to celebrities about that. And what is that again? Well, am I allowed to use the, uh, the curse word uh, version of this or was it keeping it, we're keeping it clean? <laughs> Do whatever you want. I want to start a podcast called Talking Shit. <laughs> and, uh, I'll it. Or shit talking. I'm not sure. Uh, the conceit being that we will be talking about shit, um, and it just is that basically every time I'm in a van with, you know, we all get shuttled together to and from work when you're on location shooting a movie or a show, and so it's like usually a pretty long van ride with a bunch of people you don't know that well. And, and after a few months of riding in the van together, you start to like, you just start to talk about everything and anything. Not even months. I'd say days, and it almost always, no, always. Descends into talking about shit and bowel movements, and and I mean you can be sitting in a van with like uh, uh, Sally Field, and it would still end up descending into talking about bowel movements. For the and guys, who, for the guys who may not know who Sally Field is, she's the mom in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, okay, case. Yeah, 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 Sally yeah, Field, Oscar, Oscar winning. Yeah, a couple things. She's the mom in Forrest Gump. Uh, she plays a lot of moms. She plays a lot of money. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you just, there's always this kind of like, uh, it's almost like a confession, a confessional booth in those bands where everybody <laughs> just gets into it. I, I'm like, like looking at my famous friends, Melissa McCarthy, you know, Kristen Bell, anybody you're in a band with, it doesn't matter who they are, how pretty they are, how handsome they are, everybody shit. And you all just end up talking about your diet. And, you know, if you had to go see a specialist and had you had a colonoscopy, and, you know, if you got too much fiber in your diet, you know, you battled with diverticulitis. Like, everyone's got shit stories. Everyone shit their pants at one point, too, which is another thing we'll get into. <laughs> that was, that fact, was actually man. a topic on another on a NASCAR podcast this week. Oh, was, yeah. Was, was that, I was trying so. to get him introduced to Blaney because they talk about poop all the time. Right, but on DJD, they talked about that. Oh. Week, Dale Jr. Download. They on Dale about, Jr.'s about podcast as well? Yeah. 
See, the NASCAR community is talking about poop. You know, everybody's we, talking about poop. I would imagine, especially the NASCAR community, those guys. Come on, there must be some version of like runner shit that they get, like driver shit. Oh yeah, there's or, a couple stories that of drivers who have actually skipped victory lane after they won because they were so sick that they actually yeah, had to, and of course, yeah, yeah, they had to change their fire suit. You know, driving a car, driving a car for a long time. Yeah, about, about a year and a half ago when we started this podcast, our CEO said, "Hey, I don't care what you guys do, just don't turn it into a shit podcast." Yeah, that's right. Kevin said that. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. Well, hey, no, here Nick, we are, guys. Episode here one of the Pocono Raceway Podcast, season one. It would, Nick, Nick talked it, about yeah. it himself. We didn't bring it up, uh, <laughs> but I figure it's free game because of talking to Tyler today. Yeah, Tyler, we're looking forward to season two. We appreciate you coming up here. You are now part of the Pocono Raceway family. Bring the kids out next time. Um, yeah. We'd love to host you guys, and um, I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. And who knows over this. You know, crazy time that you have when the when the when shooting is going to slow down. Hopefully, I know you shoot for like ten months on the show, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I will come to New York. I will bring Kevin Teal. We'll bring JJ to play the triangle. There you go. We got drums, triangles, raps, and beats, and we're going to record the new. What could go wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing could go wrong. Exactly. Uh, appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your day. A great time shooting season two of New Amsterdam on NBC, and we look forward to chatting with you real soon, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's Tyler Levine, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, as Kevin Teal always says. You know, I think we could handle producing that other podcast he's talking about. We could produce it? Yeah. Like remotely? Yeah. We got this fancy machine. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm down to, like, if I'm ready to handle Sally Fields talking about dropping deuces. I am 100% ready for that. I don't know if I could. I mean, because, yeah. Especially I, on this thing. Like, no no disrespect to the wonderful thing that we have, which is the Roadcaster podcast machine thing. I don't know if that's, you know, is that doable for a podcast of that magnitude? Because I really feel like talking shit or shit talking or whatever it's going to be is going to be a massive podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Are you going to bleep out the shit, by the way? I don't know. Well, you, I, am I? You're, no, I say let it roll. Either that you're, or you're we got to put the E on it. You're the executive producer. I just edit it. We might have to put an E on this one. Yeah, we might have to put an E on everyone. Cause then, then no, we'll E get, means everyone, doesn't it? E means ex- <laughs> E means explicit. This isn't a video game, ain't it? <laughs> e, 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 rated e, mean, e for everyone. E means, ah. that, e means that iTunes won't take us down. Oh, E means iTunes. <laughs> Well then, yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's simple. We just put that on there, and it's, it's fine. And you know what? It actually might get more listeners because people are like, "Ooh, this Ooh. is edgy." <laughs> e equals edgy and explicit, and not for everyone. Po- Pokemon uh, Raceway got edgy on their post race uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, no, we yeah, here's the deal though. We need to produce that other one because Sally Fields. I just want to ask Sally Fields about if you know, you're not going to be a host on this thing. I, well, okay, I want to listen to them ask Sally Fields about because. I will, I will strongly recommend... Well, then we I guess some, you have to subscribe because you're not a part of this podcast. <laughs> we get, Sorry, bud. We you don't even watch the show. We get some Burt Reynolds talk in there. You know, like... Think Burt about, Reynolds. Think about all this. Think about all that. Smoking the Bandit. I think like right now on, that, like, on, on Tyler's MySpace Top 8, it'd be Heaney's number one. The girls are probably number two and three. <laughs> oh. I'm number four because I watch the show. And you're like, okay, he exists and he talked to me one time. Not in the Top 8 of MySpace, you know according what? to Kevin. That's all right. I was never, I was never a big MySpace or anyway. <laughs> It was Fine before you guys died. That's not true. That oh, was, it totally that was. Oh, no. No, that was our first social my, media. Yeah, MySpace really? was my first yeah. social media. That was that was how I determined who it was my that, only friends are from high school It was left. that and, and AIM. 
Yeah, yeah, those instant were instant messenger. Instant messenger. Yeah, they were the first I, two. Could, oh man, I could talk about it all day, all day long and how I subtly like the girl I liked or something like that back in the day. You know, I'd put her, just, you know, seventh, just, like, just hey. to put just to be on the wall. Oh hey, yeah, <laughs> you talked to me today at lunch. All right, you're moving up a bit. <laughs> Oh, All right, we're shifting gears here. Ooh. ABC Supply 500 coming up in two weeks. Yes, sir. Yeah. Which is crazy to even think about. Um, we have a lot going on, a lot coming in. Uh, we have 500 miles of the most intense racing you will see at Pocono Raceway, hands yeah, down. Can't no wait. doubt. We're like, um, what, 17 days? Well, I mean, it's the 18th. Today's the first, so it's 17 yeah. days. It's yeah. literally two weeks, race weeks, two weeks away. Yeah. Yep. That's what, that's what's so fun about this time. Like, and it's fun for any race fan too, like NASCAR fan, IndyCar, whatever. If you guys liked what you saw at the NASCAR race, just come back out and join us. Yeah, for for the IndyCar race because we're doing it all again. I'm excited. And yeah, the cool and, part about and, pit paddock passes or paddock passes, they're called during uh, the NTT IndyCar series weekend. Um, they get you into the paddock, which is the garage area. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. If you want to see them working on the cars, getting ready, you can walk around the garage area with that paddock pass. It's, Say what the access is value times a billion. Fans. I um. I was here in 2013 as a fan. That was the first year they were back, and I had one of those passes. And being here for NASCAR long before that, I knew how was the process. I, it, was the, the, it was very easy. It was very good. Kevin, that was my first year. I knew. I knew as a as a NASCAR you fan, like I had a pa- did, I had a <laughs> did good. I had a pit paddock pass. I knew where I could go. Right. Um, and then when I got down there during IndyCar weekend, I was like, "Wait a minute." Was everybody very helpful? Yeah, very helpful. I was like, "You're telling me? You're telling me I can go in there?" And like, and I was there's pictures of me standing like. You could you could grab a wrench and work on the car. I don't recommend this, but at that time, no, you couldn't do that. <laughs> no, we don't tell people to do that. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's do not little, grab a wrench. No, it's a little fans. it's a little more like they've they've set up a little more cushion for the teams. Yeah. You but will that be reprimanded time, at that time. Like that first year, you could get you were like in the garage stalls. Yeah. It was wild, but you know now you're right down there. You're right. You can stand right outside the garages, watch what's going on, yeah. see the drivers and the teams going back and forth between the. The hauler in the garage, but getting the wristband and everything for the pit pad, the, the yeah. paddock pass was fine. It was good. Yes, no, the the process was great. You did a great job in your first. Thank you. <laughs> nothing, nothing like seven year validation. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, well, and then after that, we have um, we got planes. Yeah, lots the next and lots week. of planes. So we're we're in it again. Yeah, we're, in we're it. ready. And yeah. then we got twenty twenty renewals coming out. So we're busy. We are busy, busy, busy. Which is going to be an exciting time because the cool part about twenty twenty renewals is. Um, that you can, <laughs> you can you, you can, can renew for both races. Yep. Um, yeah. So At a twenty percent discount. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot. I think simpler process mm-hmm. and a whole all lot those more details options. are coming out next week. It's going to be so cool. It's gonna be great. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Well, hey, I've, wait. Can I mention one more thing? Yeah. Are we getting off the podcast now? We are. I but, want to save this to the end. Go ahead. But I just wanted to give a shout out. You know, the, they got the whole my tracks, my route things going on. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I went to a race at action track last night. Epic finish between Kyle Larson and Zeb Wise. Uh, PA Midget Week is going on right now, so make sure you go out to your local short track and check it out. That's a good plug right there. Make sure you like, subscribe, listen, continually to the Pug and Raceway podcast. Rate and review. Rate and review. Please rate and review. And uh, we're going to... we'll read reviews like everybody else does. Eventually. But we'll get there mm-hmm. because we're a little busy during the summer months because we have so much going on. Um, but we're going to have a new beat, hopefully, for 2020 with the podcast, thanks to um, TSL, as he's known, Tyler Sean Labine and the redheaded rapper and the redhead rapper and Kevin Teal and the triangle played by JJ LaRose. Uh, but until then, listen to Buckle Up and Drive by Porter and Sales. Visit PokerNerdSport.com slash podcast to download it today. And we'll see you all next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Hey!